All right, Avalanche Podcast. It's just me, Rayanne, for this episode. And I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm actually going to talk about uh, a paper that I wrote for one of my MBA classes. Now, before you fall asleep, <laughs> I, I it is an interesting topic. Um, and it was a topic that I had already had kind of a casual heated debate with some friends about. Um, so when I got this assignment to write this paper, I got pretty into it because I, I do think it's a really interesting question to consider as human beings in general, but um, especially as an employer. So for those of you that are um, any kind of decision maker in your company and you're ever faced with this kind of ethical conundrum of um, whether or not to replace jobs with automation. And that's kind of the the question that that we're asking today. Is automation going to take all of our jobs? Welcome to the Avalanche Podcast. We're Rayanne and Lance Boudry, husband and wife entrepreneurs, business and lead generation nerds, budget ninjas, travel junkies, and general fun lovers. We're teachers at heart and love to share the lessons we've learned and wisdom we've picked up in this crazy life. Most importantly, we love to have a good laugh and throw in a few cheesy jokes and dramatic reactions now and then. This life we're living is a wild roller coaster. We're just strapping in for the ride. And this is not a new question. This is a question that has been asked generation after generation after generation. And the basis of the paper that I wrote was on a TED Talk by David Otter, I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, I'll share a link to that in the show notes for this episode. But uh, the yeah, the point of his TED Talk is, well, the answering that question. Our automation, is automation going to take our jobs? And he really lays out the reality that the number of jobs in the U.S. has risen every decade for the past 125 years, <laughs> even amidst numerous waves of drastic innovation and change in the workforce that has caused people to ask the same question, is automation going to take all of our jobs? So we are at a crossroads once again, um, and this time is different, but as the TED Talk um, guy says, every time is different. Um, every time has been different, and every time jobs have increased after the innovation. So, yeah, I mean, I think every employer has to sort of weigh these decisions in one way or another um, of whether or not they should utilize automation to save money and time and create efficiency, knowing that it will eliminate jobs and potentially leave people unemployed with obsolete skills. You know, that's the hardest part about it is that as technology um, increases and just the speed of change and innovation in our current climate, um, some people aren't keeping up. So we'll get into that a little later. But a line that has come up in a lot of my different MBA classes, and I'm sure this isn't new or crazy to any of you, but if a company's not growing, it's dying. <laughs> it, that's just the reality of it. Um, and the COVID-19 pandemic has really only magnified this reality because it's just, I mean, it's forced a crazy amount of pressure 
on businesses. And it really has pushed us further ahead into automation faster. Um, An article that I read from Time Magazine for the same assignment talks about the Northern California bridge system. So think of, you know, the most notable, the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, And think of any time you go through a toll booth or cross a bridge or whatever, you're you always have the option to go through like the automated line or um, actually pay a, a human being. And most people, especially if you live there and you cross that um, toll, toll booth frequently, you have some sort of pass and you just drive through and it charges your credit card or your account or whatever and you're done. Um, whereas maybe a tourist or someone who's just a little more old school wants to like get some coins out of their purse and pay a person. Um, now with COVID, this not only became inefficient, but it became unsafe. You know, we, we needed to reduce human interaction. So the Northern California bridge system got rid of, you know, all the people and just changed everything to the automated. And if you didn't have a pass, you know, they would send a bill to the address registered at your license plate. Um, so it has just pushed us forward to a place where we were already going, Um, the senior VP of cloud and data platform at IBM, who, you know, IBM is a big, um, obviously a a huge company that is moving us in this direction. Um, but the, the pandemic has really accelerated what was already going to happen anyways. It's just happening faster. And I am a firm believer that avoiding innovation, like avoiding the long-term benefits of innovation just to preserve, you know, jobs today it's a fool's errand because it's inevitable that these jobs are going to be replaced by machines at some point. Haven't started investing yet? It can be intimidating, but it's a lot easier and more affordable than you think. Acorns is a really cool, easy to use platform, and you can start for as low as $1 per month. It's a set it and forget it way to grow your money without worrying or really paying any attention at all. You can set up a recurring monthly transfer, or what I really love is the roundups function, where every time you buy something with your linked cards and accounts, Acorns rounds up to the next whole dollar and invests the change. With Acorns, you have absolutely no excuse not to invest, and you may be surprised how quickly your spare change can grow over time. Use the referral link in the show notes to get a $5 bonus. The reality is is that machines don't take lunch breaks, they don't take vacations, and they cost about $3 per hundred in taxes versus 30 per hundred that an employee costs. Like the benefits are, they are undeniable and they are going to be captured and utilized eventually. So uh, you can either keep pushing it away, avoiding it, saying like, oh, we got to preserve jobs. We got to preserve jobs. We got to preserve jobs. And then a pandemic hits and all of a sudden you don't have a plan and the transition happens super quickly without, you know, without any um, preparedness, or you can actually start preparing to make these transitions in a healthy, equitable, ethical way. Um, so that you're not caught off guard, putting all these people out of work unexpectedly with no other options. Um, so, you know, planning for it at least creates the opportunity to make a good transition. Uh, and according to this time article, which, I mean, this was a few months old, um, but it, it was estimating that 42% of the jobs lost due to COVID may never return. So I don't know what the actual stats on that are going to end up, um, panning out as, but yeah, that's a pretty big number. And it doesn't seem that far off to think that 
all of these jobs that have kind of, I mean, you think about when you check out at the grocery store, you have the self-checkout, you have the, the, you know, actual cashiers. I always go to self-checkout. I don't want to talk to people at the grocery store. I want to be quick, whatever, you know? And, um, in the end, COVID has just continued to push people to a accept that kind of thing. You know, the people that maybe have been grumpy, like I want to talk to a person, they're more inclined to accept self-checkout and whatever technology. Um, but it's also shown businesses like, oh, you can save a lot of money doing this. So um, I really think that for sure the pandemic is pushing us way further ahead into this kind of, yeah, technological revolution that was inevitable in the first place. Um, yeah, so going back to, like I said, I, I don't think that employers should risk the progress of their company and the future well-being and relevant relevance of their employees. Um, I think it's a false dichotomy to think that you can't do both, that you can't accept progress uh, and also help the workforce evolve. So, you know, the idea is that increased automation is going to free up humans to take on safer, more stimulating, fulfilling, better paying work it is going to benefit employees in the long run. But if they don't have the skills to get to those jobs, there has to be some framework in place to get them there. Um, and there are going to be, you know, technology creates jobs just in the in the sense of managing them, maintaining um, the technology, and, and it should help businesses grow and scale so that they can open up more jobs in other areas as well. So there are tons of platforms that provide online courses, training, professional development. Udacity is one of them. Maybe you've heard of that. Um, and they have a lot of online courses in programming, data science, AI, you know, these really high in-demand skills. And an interesting idea from the CEO of Udacity is that companies should offer retraining credits as part of their severance packages. So if they're doing some sort of mass layoff because they have invested in this automation that allows them to not need as many uh, employees, they're probably going to offer a severance package. They should. And something to consider is including retraining credits so that people can go back to school or take these online courses um, and, and just, you know, services to help them find another job. And there really is no reason that these types of benefits should be included in severance packages because the whole the whole concept is this technology is going to help you to have less costs in the future. Um, so, you know, just take some of those resources and move them towards investing in your people. And it really is, it's low pay, low skill work that's most at risk of being replaced by technology. So the better trained and educated you are, the lower your chances are of losing your job. So encourage these people that are getting laid off to learn new skills, to develop themselves, and to get into these jobs that are less at risk in the future. And the the job market is going to continue to evolve to require more complex skills. Um, But technology, it really creates wealth because it allows us to do more work in less time. And not every society has used their wealth to create better human prosperity. That is you know, that is something to really acknowledge that it can be done poorly. (laughs) And and so you have to, you have to be intentional about um, making sure that these innovations benefit 
everyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, creating opportunities for workers to learn and develop new relevant skills, it helps them to move into lower risk careers and just have a higher quality of living. So I do believe that as with any revolution, um, evolution, <laughs> evolution and revolution in the workforce, we will come out stronger on the other side. And it's useless to halt progress for the sake of preserving jobs when history shows, as David Otter from this TED Talk um, talks about, human ingenuity and insatiability will create new types of work, and it always has. Uh, it's foolish to say that there's nothing to worry about, because like I said, um, it could be done poorly. <laughs> but it's also foolish to say that we're all doomed, and it's pretty arrogant to think that if, like, you as an individual can't personally think of what people will come up with next that no one can. <laughs> so a little history. Uh, let's go back to the agricultural revolution. Um, you know, farming used to take a lot more manpower and human labor than it does now. And when technology started to be introduced into the agricultural industry, the United States actually invested into high school education. Like that is how high school education came to be. Um, all, you know, all of these people that were working in farming were losing, losing their jobs to technology. Um, so the U S was like, well, we need to develop their education further so that they can take on, you know, more complex work and different jobs. And if the U S didn't do that, our society probably would have failed, but now we have high school <laughs> and, and we have technology and agriculture that allows us to, um, do farming at a much lower cost. So, you know, I think about social media, for example. Facebook did not even exist 17 years ago. And now Facebook alone, the company of Facebook, employs over 58,000 people. So that's 58,000 people who have a job working for a company that, like the whole concept of what it is couldn't have even been fathomed a couple of decades ago. And now there's not only all the people that work for Facebook, and other social media companies. But think about all of the segments of the workforce that revolve around it. Social media companies, agencies that do social media for other businesses, social media marketing managers that you know work for a company, um, the ever-elusive social media influencer that makes a living just by using these social media platforms. Like that entire demographic of jobs couldn't have even been comprehended a couple decades ago. So the people that back then were saying like, well, we're all doomed. Automation's taking our jobs. Well, then this entire new segment of work was developed out of human insatiability and ingen ingenuity. So, and I think too of, um, you know, kind of the gig economy jobs that we are seeing now, which once again, the pandemic pushed us even further into relying on these. Um, think of Instacart, DoorDash, any kind of delivery app service. They utilize technology to create a whole new industry of routine jobs, really. You know, people don't have to learn a new skill to pick up takeout and deliver it to someone's house. <laughs> people don't have to learn a new skill to go grocery shopping for someone. But the technology has created these jobs of people being able to do that. You, you don't, people like me can outsource mundane tasks. Having a personal grocery shopper used to be like such a crazy luxury, like, like, oh, if you don't do your own grocery shopping, you must be obscenely wealthy. But now I can just use Instacart to order groceries and have someone bring it to my home. They got paid 
I save time, you know, it's, it's a win for everyone and it's accessible. It's accessible to me because of the technology that was developed. So, um, and without smartphones that could have never been imagined. And even just our, it has taken time for our society to accept the, you know, when Airbnb started, the, the thought of having strangers staying in other people's homes was like absurd. You know, I was like, this is never going to work. No one's going to want strangers to stay in their homes. Now it's super, like, it's just so common that we don't even think twice about it. Um, same with, yeah, I mean, just like all, all of these things that are so normal to us now, having having a stranger bring groceries to my house, having a stranger deliver my takeout, uh, staying in a stranger's house with Airbnb, getting in a stranger's car with Uber, all of these things used to be so unfathomable, but now they are a part of our normal life. So think about what's going to be part of our normal life in the next decade or two that we just can't even imagine right now. Are you thinking about starting a side hustle? Already have a side hustle? You need a website. A WordPress website, actually. WordPress powers over 40% of the entire internet. It's the world's most popular content management system, but it's a beast to use if you don't have the right tools and training. That's why we built Basecamp, a WordPress ecosystem that includes everything you need for your side hustle, small business, or internet startup. We even have a course that walks you through how to build a website with Basecamp that gets you actual results. Learn more and start building your site at avalanchegr.com backslash base dash camp. And, and the reality too is that there are actually fewer jobs at risk of, auto, of being lost due to automation now than people thought there were in 2011. So the you know expectation was that 8.1% of jobs were going to be subject to this. Really, it's 7.4%. But the, the difference is that the proportion is really split. So, um, you know, the people working in low and medium uh, level of low skill jobs, I guess, is uh, they're at much higher risk of their jobs being lost to automation than people in these higher skill jobs. Um, so it's, it's not as much that we're running out of jobs. It's that there's an imbalance of supply and demand because we're going to get to the place where we don't have enough skilled workers to fill tech related jobs. We don't have enough programmers. We don't have enough, you know, people that can actually create and manage the technology on a high level, but then there will not be enough routine, low skill jobs to employ unskilled workers. So there will be, you know, one group of, of workers that can't find jobs. And then there'll be one work, one group of, um, employers that can't find workers. So there's that skill imbalance, which is just another area that needs to be addressed with our education system. And that really is kind of the larger issue that we're facing right now. Um, and I mean, you think about how our education system is really built for people to commit to a career at a young age and stay in it until they retire. And that used to be the reality. You know, my dad, my father-in-law, that's kind of what they did. They got into a job when they were really young and they stayed in it until they retired. And that's not what, that's not what happens nowadays. You know, I've had, I've had more jobs in the first, you know, seven, eight years of my career than my parents ever did in their entire career. Um, and we all know that that's a trend of the younger generations just want to move around more. Uh, and, but because of that lifelong learning is it's, it's a necessity and because skills become obsolete so much faster. So, 
I think the education system needs to be rethought that it's not just like, okay, four years of college when you're 18 to 22, and then you're out in the workforce using those skills forever. We need to really have a lifelong learning approach so that we are always staying ahead of trends and technology and the skills that are needed in the workforce and in allowing people to to change careers and move careers and up-level their skills later on in life. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's more of a bigger picture infrastructure need, but I do think that there are a lot of really cool platforms developing, like Udacity, as we mentioned, you know, Skillshare. There's all these different websites that really promote online learning in a less traditional way. So I think that that is a great contribution towards that progress. But anyway, so the TED talk that I mentioned kind of wraps up um, talking about how we should we should celebrate progress and prosperity, not resist it. And we, we have to have the confidence and belief that society will find positive ways to take advantage of it like it has done in the past. Of course, we've got to be intentional about this, but let's just trust human ingenuity to know that we can come out better the other side. Um, And yeah, I mean, history has proven that humans will continue to surprise you and will create and grow industries that the current workforce could never even imagine. Progress and change can wreak havoc if it's left completely unrestricted, but a little ethical thoughtfulness can go a long way um, in using technological advances to benefit all parts of society. So this is just kind of my brain dump um, and the research that I did on this paper. I would love to know your thoughts. Um, I think this is a really important and interesting topic to discuss, especially for, like I mentioned, employers and people that are making um, decisions in their company about what type of automation to adapt and who to hire and who to let go and how to let them go and how to help them move into their the next stage of their career. So um Email us, podcast at avalanchegr.com, or reach out to us on any of our social medias, avalanche.creative on Instagram, avalanchecreative on Facebook, and let us know what you think. And um, I would love to get some feedback and to share that on a later episode of what people think about this topic. Will automation take all of our jobs? Is it okay? Is it good? to adopt automation that will cause people to go out of work and what's the best way to handle it so we can all make progress together as a society. So thanks for uh, entertaining me by listening to my um, MBA grad school intellectual brain dump here, but I really did enjoy writing this paper and I wanted to share what I learned. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We hope you got some value from it. And if you did, we would love it if you'd subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast so we can reach more people like you. We hope you join us next time and follow us at avalanche.creative on Instagram to send us your questions so we can answer them on the podcast. Talk to you soon.